Businesses of all sizes have been affected by COVID-19. In response to this, Post Media Solutions has created a five-step guide aimed to help you adapt to your business during this global crisis. To get this free guide, visit postmediasolutions.com forward slash adapt. The Conservative Party of Canada has suspended the race to replace Andrew Scheer as leader after several candidates called for a delay amid the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. The National Post's Brian Platt joins me to talk about why party officials came to the decision and why not everyone wanted to see it stopped. Plus, we'll get you up to date on the latest COVID-19 news from the feds. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. We'd also love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Brian, after weeks of debate around uh, the race to replace Andrew Shearer's Conservative Party of Canada leader, party brass made the decision late Thursday night to put everything on hold. Now, walk me through that decision and why they eventually came to the decision they did. Yeah, there had been a lot of debate in the party uh, over the past month about what to do with the leadership race. The organization that really matters here is the Leadership Election Organizing Committee, which is LEOC uh, by acronym. And LEOC is the one that it was appointed by um, the party to run its race. And so LEOC had the had the power to make decisions about deadlines and also about whether to extend those deadlines and whether to extend the race and what to do about this. People on LEOC felt that they, until Thursday night really, felt that they could keep this thing on track. And despite many concerns from other people in the party, including from some of the candidates, uh, including from many party strategists and organizers, a lot of people felt the Conservative Party should suspend the race. LEOC felt they could still do it. But from what I understand, having talked to people um, who have direct knowledge of the discussions, LEOC basically had its hand forced because logistically they just felt they couldn't do the race anymore. Ontario ordered the closure of all non-essential workplaces on Tuesday at midnight. And that was a key turning point here because the party had a skeleton staff still working at its headquarters in Ottawa doing things like opening the mail and processing donations and very basic and important functions if you're running a leadership race. Those people had to go home. And so now, and on top of that, they had lingering concerns about whether Canada Post could still keep operating as normal, some of its other vendors that it would be relying on in terms of counting the ballots, mail, uh, printing off ballots, all kinds of things like this. The number of logistical problems just became so much that the party felt it wasn't realistic to keep on track for a vote that would conclude on June 27th. Now, why do you suppose they took so long to come to that decision that, like, surely party officials could have seen some of these measures coming a couple of weeks ago? Like, what was their rationale a couple of weeks ago when they said, no, I think we can still manage here? People really wanted to keep this thing on track. They want their party to have a new permanent leader. They felt that once you start to introduce delays, it creates a chain reaction of, of other things. Like they, they didn't want to change any of the earlier deadlines, such as an entry deadline, because they worried it would have a chain effect down the road and mean that they couldn't hold the vote at the end of June like they wanted to. And so they really resisted making changes. The only c candidate who really publicly 
uh, called, there was two candidates who, on the final ballot who did. There's Less Than Lewis and there's Peter McKay. But Peter McKay is obviously not only a front runner, most people still consider him the favorite. And he started really campaigning to keep this thing on track, which you would think that's probably probably because he thinks he's going to win. Mm-hmm. There was potentially some of that, that the party just felt like, um, you know, there might have been people who felt like this result is going to be the same whether they delay it or not, so we might as well just keep doing it. But I think the people running the race, for the most part, they felt that and unless they really ha- – they were just very resistant to canceling this thing. They wanted to get this race done on time because they want the party to have a new leader. And so who were the candidates that were pu- pushing to have the race put on hold? So originally it was candidates who were pretty far back in the process. And, you know, there, there's a certain extent here to which everybody has self-interest and, you know, there's no point in – beating around that bush like everybody probably has a little bit of self-interest in the position they take on this as opposed to just a highly principled position um the candidates who were originally calling for it were the candidates who are furthest back in qualifying so that's Marilyn gladue rick peterson rudy husney they've been basically calling for the race to be suspended since mm-hmm. early march and the party had consistently resisted that the but recently things changed a little bit because so the four candidates who have qualified for the final ballot, who have made it through all the entry requirements, are Peter McCain, Less Than Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, and Aaron O'Toole and Derek Sloan. And both O'Toole and Sloan uh, over the weekend, last weekend, called for the race to be delayed. And so that changed things, I think, quite a bit when you had candidates who had fulfilled all the entry requirements, so they had no advantage in asking for you know, a deadline extension of the entry requirement. Even they felt that the race should be delayed, and particularly Aaron O'Toole, who was considered the other front runner, along with McKay. And so you did have calls coming from the candidates themselves, um, including front runner candidates. And so I think that also started to change the conversation about this. Now, from Peter McKay's perspective, like he he's talked about, you know, democracy can't stop in a crisis, and Canada has held elections during world wars and the great depression what is his rationale for wanting to get this over and done with sooner rather than later especially if if, you know parliament may not be sitting uh everyone's kind of really hunkering down due to covid19 why does he want this to go ahead aside from the fact that he thinks he's going to win if you talk to the mckay campaign they say that this was they do think that this is just a matter of of principle that you don't, you know, Canada held elections during crises in the past, including uh, world the world wars and things like that. Um, it's impossible for me to sit here and tell you what exactly was the motivation behind whether they just think their candidate's going to win, so they want this to go forward or not. I-, I can't read their minds, but I think people can draw their conclusions out of the fact that candidates who are seen to be further back have generally called for this thing to be delayed. And the guy who is expected to win has kept this thing on, uh, called for this thing to be kept on track. Peter McKay's campaign made the choice on Thursday to really publicly campaign for keeping this on track. They sent out a, an email blast they, to all their supporters. They hit social media very hard. And he, he did two national TV interviews as well, saying, you know, the party, sh- the party must keep democracy going. We cannot stop this race from happening. And then despite all of that on Thursday night, the party still still made the decision to suspend. So McKay burned up a lot of political capital calling for something that didn't end up happening. I think there's a lot of people in the party scratching their heads about that. 
Do you get the sense, though, that there are some conservatives who who want the opportunity here to rally around a leader to kind of be the new public face of the party amid crisis? So, you know, for selfishly political reasons, when they come out of the race, they have someone who is a potential prime minister who can show his own brand of leadership through this pandemic crisis. And then should we get to an election in the next 18 months to two years, we have someone ready to go who's battle tested. The reason why the party resisted suspending the race is because they want a new leader. And you can understand the argument of uh, somebody was able to, even despite all the disruptions caused by the t- pandemic, somebody was able to still win, and that shows that they can handle adversity. I mean, that that is basically the argument that both Peter McKay and Leslie Lewis have been making. And so, but it's not just, this is not just like a, a war or something, right? It's an infectious mm-hmm. disease. It means that you can't, you can't campaign in person. And the economy's tanking. People are getting laid off. So, you, it's really hard to ask for donations as well. It, for candidates, especially with lower name recognition, uh, it makes trying to campaign basically impossible. I mean, you can do it through telephone town halls, but that's just – that is not the same thing as what is really – the you know nuts and bolts of a leadership campaign, which is getting into rooms with people and trying to convince them to vote for you. And if you can't do that, it's really hard to generate any momentum for yourself. And so, it, comparisons to just a, you know any other crisis, such as uh, you know a, a recession or a war or something like that, I'm not sure it really holds up to an infectious disease pandemic. Now, debates that were scheduled for April are canceled and the convention at the end of June, that's been put on hold as well. When is everything supposed to get back up and running? For now, they said we're for sure suspended till May 1st. So that by suspended, they mean they're not going to do any of the, they can't, they're not going to process any donations. They can't stop candidates from still trying to do some of their own campaigning, but they are asking candidates to, to you know, limit your interactions with party members. Um, but candidates will decide what they want to do. But at the very least, that suspension right now is lasting till May 1st. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else in society, they're going to have to wait and see what happens now with the progression of this disease and whether it keeps spreading through society, Canadian society or whether we start to get a handle on it in April. And once um, that we get a better picture of where this is all going, the party can then decide. They basically There's two main options. They can try to hold the vote later in the summer like late July, probably, or August, and that is still possible. They also have a policy convention coming up in Quebec City in November. And so they could, to be very safe, they could also just say, all right, we'll, we'll, combine, the, we'll combine this, we'll do the leadership vote at the same time as we have our policy convention. That is pushing things off a, lo- a long way. But, you know, like leadership races, some, many parties hold leadership races that last a year. This was always quite a short leadership race in that it was lasting only six months. So it's not crazy to extend it to November. But I know there's a lot of people in the party who still want to get this thing done. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, like many things in the world right now, it, this is definitely up in the air and we'll be watching for updates. Brian, thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Now let's get you up to date. On Friday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced new measures to help small and medium-sized businesses that have been hit hard by the COVID-19 crisis. The government is offering a 75% wage subsidy backdated to March 15th to help smaller companies avoid layoffs. This follows a previous 10% subsidy announcement, which the Prime Minister now acknowledges isn't enough. 
The feds will also guarantee small business loans of up to $40,000 interest-free for one year. And despite earlier plans to tax its $2,000 monthly emergency benefit, the government will now send approved recipients the full amount. That's it. You're up to date. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest Brian Platt. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>